Welcome to Backyard Broadway. I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. And Kat's not here. What? But it's been a while since Ow. we have posted an episode. Yes. Um, one, because of my laziness. Two, because of everything going on in the world. And it's just been But I'm a little crazy. excited because this is kind of like, I. this is my idea, kind yes. of. This is your idea. I mean, I was inspired by your idea. Yes. From like our first <laughs> record, like, Yes, post it, post. Yeah, um, and I was I had re-listened to it the other day, and I was like, "That's a really good idea." And so I kind of delved into it, and I found two different lists. We're gonna talk about one this time, and then we're gonna do the other one next time. Yeah, which I'm gonna I'm gonna find some other shows to go with that other list. There's 40 so, on the other list. Well, we're not gonna go through all 40 of those. Only some of those are really forgotten musicals. Is is what yeah. we're talking about today? We're talking about underrated musicals. Um, but before we get started, um, we do have other episodes on the back burner. They are coming. Um, this is going to be the next one posted. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just wanted to um, let you know we haven't given up. I posted a video on our. Do you want to share the other today. exciting news? Which other exciting news? We haven't talked. We haven't done a recording since we started. The other we day. haven't. No. Abby and I have started another podcast. We have. So if you love us, go check the other one out. Yes. If well, maybe. You, if, maybe. If, maybe. If you enjoyed um, our our. Theater Ghost series um, about. Sure. Holy fuck! Sorry, Moon over house. Oh, um, if you if you enjoyed that series uh, about our stories in um, theaters with ghosts and other uh, Broadway ghosts, um, our new podcast is called Ghost and Shit. Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, you can find us on Apple and Spotify <coughs> and, and all those good places. Um, just search Ghost and Shit, and you will find us. Yep. Um, and we're pretty excited about it. So if you're into the paranormal. Um, as much as we are, as much as you love theater. Yes. Um, so by the time this is posted, the second episode of that will be posted. So there will be two episodes for you to listen to, and then a third third one will shortly follow. Um, and that episode's just insane. (laughs) And those are, those are also, if you've listened to our Theater Ghost series on Backyard Broadway, they're going to sound familiar. Um. Just the first, the first part. The second part, not so much. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some of our own stories and then, um, that you've already heard and then some stories about other theaters. And so, yeah, go check out Ghosts and Shit. Sorry, mom. And, um, but don't, don't leave Backyard Broadway. Keep coming back to us. Please don't leave us. Um, I know we've, we've been super lax in posting episodes, but I'm going to get on that. School's out and, um, I'm working days now so I can kind of devote a little more time. Um, so like we said, we are talking about some underrated musicals. Yeah. Um, Abby has a list and some synopsises. I do. So I found this list online, um, and it's literally called 20 Underrated Musicals to Check Out. Yes. So we're kind of going off this list. All right. Um, so there are 20 on this list. A lot of them we will talk about a little more in depth. Some of them we will not, just because I'm not super familiar with them. And then I'm adding one to the list at the end. Okay. Um, um, so this is in no particular order, according nope, to the author. Whatsoever. So the first one on this list is one that we have talked about numerous times. Numerous times? We've talked about it a lot. She loves me. Uh, we have. Uh, but I feel like, does it say when this was published? Because if it was published pre-2016, I feel like she No, was... it was just, uh, it was updated in December, December 12th of 2019. Oh, well. I feel like after the revival in 2016 and the live stream and the fact that it's on great performances and it's on Broadway HD, like, it's gotten a little more... 
it's not as underrated as it was. Um, I agree, but I think it's also like it's not on Broadway anymore. No, and it's I think that's kind of what it's going by is like those live performances. Yeah. Um. So on here, it has a little blip about it. Blip. A blip. If you will. Oh, now I'm thinking about Blimpies. Do you remember Blimpies? <laughs> yes, I remember Blimpies. Aww. Aww. Sorry. Uh, based on a Hungarian play, Parfumery. Parfumery. The musical follows jo- uh, George and Amelia, two shop clerks who clash constantly in person, but unbeknownst to either, it's your favorite word, unbeknownst, unbeknownst to either, are actually each other's beloved pen pals. If this sounds familiar, prob- it's probably because it is the classic rom-com, You've Got Mail, uh, ba- is also based on the same original story. Uh, yeah, and then there's two other films as well that it's based on. The Shop Around the Corner and In the Good Old Summertime. I love Judy this Garland. show. I love this show so much. I do love this show. And it's... it makes me sad because the part that I love, I can't really play. Because you don't have the voice for I it. don't have the voice, but Laura Benanti, bless you. Bless you. Yes, so much so. Zachary Levi, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. I still need that picture, by the way. Uh, I told you it's on his IMDb. Uh, anyway, but we did say like one, because like, you've, have you been in the show? No. Oh, I thought you said you've the been. The first time I saw it was the live stream. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I have not seen it. Who would you want to play in the show? Um, George, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, if you were, let's say, I, I, I want, I, who would you, like, just little Dreamcast, who would you cast as the younger male? The one that really likes his bike. Like, celebrities or from our... Anyone. I mean, celebrity-wise, I would go with Andrew Keenan Boulder. Oh, heck yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, I, I, yeah, we're gonna have to go celebrities on this because nobody, yeah. nobody knows people we know. No, that's true. So and I don't think we should tell who we know. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, we've talked about me playing Ilona, Alona, but Ilona. as long as Alona doesn't have to be blonde, then it'll be fine. Yeah, that's true. Can Alona be a redhead? I can pull off being a redhead. You could pull off being a redhead. I think Alona could be a redhead. A sexy redhead. Yes. I can't do the splits though. We'll get you there. You say that all the time, and it makes me want to cry a little bit. Oh, I just thought of another one that we should probably add to this list. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, the next one on here is Caroline or Change. See, I don't know very much about this one. Uh, and I just know that it was supposed to have a revival this season, and it's been pushed to the fall because of everything going on. Mm-hmm. So this little blip um, is in the season dominated by the blockbuster Wicked and the Irreverent Avenue Q, this small-scale story about a black housemaid and the Jewish family she works for in the 1960s just got lost in the shuffle. It's a nuanced look at racial tensions and family dynamics told in a snug, a sung-through musical, but the complexity of the subject matter has made it a hard sell for regional theaters or mainstream audiences. Nearly two de- decades after its debut, its first Broadway revival arrived in the spring of two- 2020, but it's been pushed back, like you said. Yes, it's been pushed back. That's all it says about Carolina Change. Yeah, it was, I mean, I remember when it, I guess, debuted, because um, I mean, it was during that season with Wicked and Avenue Q, um, 20, or er, 20. 2003 and 2004, um, but I don't recall ever hearing a lot about it. Of course, the internet wasn't, like, the way it is now. It wasn't yeah. Wi-Fi and all that. You had to dial up. Um, so. I mean, I could look it up real quick if you want me to. No, I mean, it's it's just. I mean, from what this little blip says, it just sounds like it. it's, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Kind of like All My Sons, where it's, it's very heavy subject matter. Yeah, um, yeah. 
And so it's a little bit of a tough... You left Ursula out. I did leave Ursula oh, out. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I, if I'm not mistaken, um, Chandra Wilson, who plays um, Bailey on Grey's Anatomy, was mm-hmm. in the original. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, um, okay, so the next one is Violet. Violet. Uh, Sutton Foster was in this. Of course you know what it is then. <laughs> I don't know a lot about it because uh, it wasn't ever on my well, radar. Well, let's see. It see. says that this show was briefly revived in 2014. Yes. Uh, it's about the titular woman disfigured in a disfigured in a childhood accident who travels halfway across the country in search of a miracle miracle cure. Along the way, she joins up with a pair of soldiers who join her adventure and form a complicated trio of relationships and emotions. I want to know more about that last sentence. I know a lot of it is is on a bus. Um, I, I want to know more about that. La- like, what? What do you mean? It. What threesome is happening yeah, in the show? That's that's. I want to know more about this last sentence. I just I know um, in that production in 2014, they did not do any makeup for the disfigurement. Really, it was all through the way she behaved and the way other people treated her when they looked oh, at her. Oh, so kind of like Hunchback. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, and. Um, but I know in other productions they've done like a full prosthetic on the face and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I think which one do you think would be more impactful? The no makeup, mm-hmm. just because it says a lot about you know how people perceive other people. Because I think the whole basis of the story was even with her disfigurement, she's still beautiful, mm-hmm. and that again, I don't know a lot about the show. I believe her disfigurement wasn't as bad as she thought it was mm-hmm. you know and it it just and doing it without the makeup i think is it says a whole lot about society mm-hmm. you know yeah. especially when they get to the point in the show um where they talk about the disfigurement and exactly what it is and it's not as bad as everybody thought Sorry, it was it's bothering me <laughs> um, um it reminds me of like a. This Scooby Doo episode my son watched. I know, I know, I know. But it, but literally, it was like, uh, it was like a film production, and there's like a ghost haunting the film production, and they think it's this one guy's ghost, but he's not really dead. He faked his death, and or he he faked his death because he was in this fire and he got disfigured, and you find out that the guy is actually the uh, like security guard for the movie set that he that it's on, and he's like, I got scarred. With this, and he pulls off a fake beard, and he has a little tiny scar, like right, <laughs> right on his chin. And Daphne's like, "Oh, that's easy. We could just cover that with makeup." And he was so like, just in awe. He's like, "I'm beautiful again." Like it was. And again, funny- not super familiar with the show. I know that some of the songs are really pretty, from what I've heard on. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Some of these I kind of want to look up to listen um, to. I think you would like Violet. Really? Yeah. It's um Is it something I can sing? It's a good mix, yeah, it's something. It's something oh, foster. Yes! That's true. I can't sing something foster. Um, it's not it's a it's kinda there's Tom a Fos- mix Sutton Foster and I have a very similar range. Yes. There there's a good mix of styles within like the show. I don't like it. Don't Quit like looking at it. I don't like it. With your little T Rex arm. <laughs> I don't like it. Um there's a good there's a good mix of genre throughout. Oh, good. So I think I think you would really enjoy it. Sweet. Okay, well that's what I'm gonna add to my list. Um the next one is one of Andrew's particular favorites. What? Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Oh. Uh, Are you still bitter? I am so bitter. <laughs> and it's not about the Tony Awards, it's about the closing. 
lies. You're still a little no, bitter. No, I'm not bitter about the time. I'm bitter about the closing and how that went down. Okay, that's fair. But I was really excited because that was your, I was mostly right. Yeah, I was were. more right than you were you that were. year. And that never happens. Can we just take a Because that was moment? the year with Dear Evan Hansen. Can we take a moment to recognize that normally we'd be recording our pre-Tony podcast right now? I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So weird. Um, but hopefully they do the Tonys in the fall and we get to... Do something. Do something. Something, something. So uh, this, uh, for Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet, says... It's based uh, on part four of War and Peace. Which sounds so exciting, right? <laughs> An electro pop opera retelling of seventy of seventy pages of War and Peace, set in an immersive theater, doesn't sound like your typical Broadway show. The sometimes strange, sometimes ethereal show lasted almost a year on Broadway before closing, but it proved that a more experimental, unusual musical could attract a crowd on the Great White Way. And it was attracting a crowd. Have we talked about it since we published? Uh uh-uh. uh I don't think we have. We haven't. Because that was before we, that whole thing was way before. So if you are unfamiliar with the controversy surrounding The Great Comet, um, it premiered in 2016, because it was in previews while I was there with Amber. Yeah. Um, Because it it was the, Tony's with Dear Evan Hansen. Yes, because um, it was one of the things we tried to win um, lottery for. Um, And I should have paid the $32 and gone to see it. Should have paid it. But anyways, that's in the past. Um, so it opened, it was received well. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to say that it had great reviews. I think it was very mixed, but it was a very experimental show. Yes. Audiences were loving it. They completely redid the theater it was in, um, so that it was very immersive. There were stages throughout the audience. Audience members were on the stage, things like that. Um, and Josh Groban was starring in it at the time that it opened. Yeah. And then after the Tony Awards, he left. Yes. Not abruptly. He, no, he, no. He, it was, yeah, it was time. It was time. It was time for him to go. Um, and he had other things, I guess. I don't remember who immediately took over for him. I don't either. Um, I want to say it was his understudy, um, the African-American O. Uh-huh. Um, we can't pronounce his full name, and I do apologize for that. Um, but he was referred to as O in all the articles we read. Mm-hmm. Um and he took over for a while, and then Dave Malloy, who did the music for the show, ended up taking on the part for a while. Yeah. And then O came back to it um, in July. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, we're cutting your run short because Mandy Patinkin's going to take over. Yeah. And so the internet blew it up because they were like, oh, you're you're replacing a black it was all the uh, white. They turned it into a racial thing when it, it wasn't a racial wasn't. thing. It was a, it, it wasn't. You know, with Josh Groban in it, it was making money. When Josh Groban left, it dipped. When Dave Malloy came in, it was making money. When Dave Malloy left, it dipped. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't because of oh oh being a black person. It was because he wasn't a known person. They, they, they at he, that point, did not have a known actor in the show. Yeah. Um, because, unfortunately, you need... For an experimental show like that, you, you need, need somebody someone, who's yeah. known. And so when Mandy Patinkin was like, yes, I'll do an eight-week run. I mean, even... Oh, was fine with it, but then the, the internet, internet turned did not. It into a racial thing and, and it saying wasn't it was because thing. Mandy Patinkin was white, not because of his star power. No, it was because of his star power. Yeah. Like, ticket sales would have gone through the roof if Mandy Patinkin had gotten the chance to take over. Yeah. And so then O just decided he was going to leave the ship, which made it sound even more racial than it was. Yeah. 
but he just didn't want all the controversy. Yeah, he was trying to help the situation, yeah. and it just it didn't. He thought if he had just stepped back, yeah, then it would calm things down, and and it, then, and it seemed more like he was like fuck this. And yeah. it wasn't like. And that. then Mandy Patinkin decided that. He <laughs> don't Why? lie. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> Watch Criminal Minds if you don't believe me. It's true, um, unfortunately. He then decided as well he wasn't coming to it. Yeah. So for the last three weeks of the run, Dave Malloy stepped back into the role. Um, I think he alternated with an understudy. Um, and they announced closing as soon as as soon as all this blew up. They were like, yeah. we're going to close at this point. And I'm like, God damn it. I know. Because Curse you, internet. Because I was planning to go back up. Yeah, you were. In, that, in the um, winter of that year. Yeah. The next year. Yeah. In 2018. Um, to see it. That was the main thing I wanted to see because I was so mad at myself for not seeing it in previews. Yeah. Um, so that, I'm more bitter about that happening. I don't think it would still be running. Don't get me wrong. No, no, I don't. I think that it would have done, you know, exactly what it was doing where it was star power, no star power, star power, no star power. Very up and And it would have gone up and down, up and down. And they finally would have been like after, you know, a year and a half, two years probably, they would have been like, okay, yeah, we're done. Yeah. You know. It's a beautiful score. I mean, do I you mean, because like honestly, though, like you, you hear what it's about. You're like, yeah. But like you're terrified it's gonna be another 1776. Yes, but it's not. Um, so the opening number gets you into the show. It is upbeat. It tells you all the major players in it, and it even says. Um, this is all in your program. You are at the opera. You're going to have to study up a little bit if you want to stick with the plot. So it's like, because there are a lot of people, there is a lot of stuff Wasn't going on. Wasn't it very, like, Cirque du Soleil-ish in a way? Not. Like, with the with the choreography? Kind of, sort of. It wasn't a lot of acrobatics, but it was very not what you were expecting. Yeah. Like, from, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember, like, from the... part four of War and Peace. I'm trying to remember, like, their performance from the Tony Awards, and I just remember it being, like, that kind of feel, like, that search yeah. of life. Not, like, the acrobatics, but, like, yeah. their costuming and, like, the way... Their choreography the way and, like... And the way they were throughout the audience. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I mean by that. It's, it, that's, that's the thing that sticks... And they, like... Yeah brought everyone. Yes. They brought everyone. And they and did a like, really good number for the Tony they Awards. They did. I wish they would have done the opening number just because I think that would have even piqued more people's interest. Mm. Because they would have heard, heard all of the major players in the show described, which is done in the opening number. If you have not listened to it, I recommend listening to the Josh Groban CD, not the original, just because of how fresh it is yeah and how clean that one sounds um and just listen to the opening number and decide whether or not you would see the show based on the opening number and i guarantee you at least 80 percent of you will say yes okay so the next one is the secret garden uh, the adaptation of the classic francis hodgson burnett children's novel gives more depth to the backstory of the adult characters while keeping the focus on the young people at the heart of the story that's it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, does everyone know the story of the Secret Garden? I don't know if everybody. Knows. I mean, at this point, I feel like most people know what it is. Most they might not know, like know. I yes. don't think, like maybe not, like in detail. So basic rundown: um, Archibald has a son who is very, very ill. They take in, I believe it's just a ward, like a an orphan yeah. type of thing. Yeah, um, type of thing. Young girl. Um, Archibald's wife has died. Lily. 
Um, she does show up in the show, though. Um, kind of as a dream for the sixth son. Um, there's also a groundskeeper who knows of the secret garden, but won't really... It's, it's just... You have to watch it to really understand the story. Yeah. But I promise you, you're going to want to drink an energy drink before you go. Otherwise, halfway through, you will fall asleep. 1776. It is a beautiful show. The music is gorgeous. Lily's eyes, I swear to God, if I had the voice for it, I would be singing that for every audition. Really? Yes. It is. And then, I can't remember what Lily's song is called. Um... But that one is is beautiful as well. And I'm a little biased because the production, I saw um, the young woman who played Lily. I have had a thing for her talent since I met her. Ah. And just that. Uh, but I would never, ever sit through that show again. Never, Fair. ever. Because they're, it's supposed to be. You mean like the Miss Saigon? Yeah. It's supposed to be revived. It was supposed to be revived in the 2021 season. Don't know if that'll get pushed back because of COVID or if it will still open as planned. Right. Um, but I don't know. Everything. There's so much stuff in the air right now. Um, okay, so the next one is Nine. Although the 2009 movie version was a bit of a flop, the original stage musical... A bit. The original stage musical about a legendary director and the woman, the women who came in and out of his life remains a classic. I will tell you, the downfall of that film... Was not casting Antonio Banderas in his Broadway role. Um, I fair. They cast Daniel Day Lewis, but anyways, that was that was ten years ago. I don't women, remember. Women minus one, and I will. I will. The women were cast well. Kate Hudson, Marion Cotillard. Um, Dame, Are we? We're talking about the film. The guys. film, yes. Dame Judi Dench, and then the one that I was just like, she's this. The singing of it is wonderful. Like, listen to the film soundtrack of. Nine. Um, Saragina. Okay. Um, it's Fergie. It's Fergie? It's Fergie. What? We will listen to it when this when we're done recording. What? She sings it really well. It's just, there's nothing there in the acting. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean. It- now, if you, if you have seen the stage show, if you are familiar with the stage show, that is annoying. I know. I know. <laughs> If you can hear that, I'm sorry. I'm going to try to talk a little bit louder because it's getting louder. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, my God. Um, If you are familiar with the stage show, if you are familiar with the show in and of itself, it's based off the, I want to say, Italian film um, Eight and a Half. How is it Eight and a Half? I don't remember what the difference between the two is. But, yeah, the movie was Eight and a Half and the musical is Nine. Interesting. Um... And it's, it's basically the nine women in his life. Um, Penelope Cruz was in it as well. Um, she sings The Call from the Vatican, which is just... For a song called The Call from the Vatican, <laughs> listen to it and tell me you don't agree with the title not being okay <laughs> with what is being talked about in that song. Um, I actually enjoyed the movie. Okay. I did. I had never seen the stage show. Mm-hmm. I had just seen clips and heard the music. Um, Tommy Toon directed, I believe, the original Broadway. Oh, okay. Because uh-huh. it premiered early 90s or late 80s. Uh-huh. And then had a revival in the early aughts uh-huh. um, with Antonio Banderas. Right. That, I, I really do believe that that was their major downfall. Had they have brought in Antonio Banderas to reprise his role, 
they would have had a better audience. Uh-huh. They would have had everybody who saw it on Broadway who loved him in it. Well, maybe he didn't want to do it. That it could very well be. I'm just or, saying. Or he was doing another Spy Kids movie. Who knows? <laughs> Mask of Zorro. <laughs> Uh, I could have been doing one of those. Yeah. I don't remember. Because that was 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The next one is Falsettos. Following its 2016 revival, which was filmed for broadcast in cinemas and on public television. Where the fuck was I? Uh, This 1992 musical returned to public notice. It's a small seven-character dramedy about a divorced couple, their new partners, their son, and their neighbors set against the rising AIDS crisis. I... Remember, cause what, what, didn't they do a thing on to, on the yes. Tonys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the yeah, yeah. revival cast included Christian Borle. Hi. You need to go change? <laughs> yes. Okay. Andrew Rannells, um, Brandon Uranowitz, <laughs> <laughs> Don't switch your drink out. <laughs> Sorry, his last name is really funny. Good. Stephanie J. Block, Betsy Wolf, <laughs> Tracy Toms. Is that seven? I don't know. I, I, I didn't like, count. Oh, the child is number seven. You said the, the last name and it made me chuckle. <laughs> the child is number Can seven. Can you say the last name one more time? Urana Wetz. <laughs> Brandon Urana Wetz. Um, <laughs> it, Why am I finding that so funny? It did really well for a revival. It did do very well. Um, it closed, when it was supposed to close, it didn't close because Mm-mm. of a lack of audience or anything like that. It was a limited run. Yeah. Um, and it got recognized at the Tonys as it should have. Um and yeah, they did do the number um, where they were playing. Yeah. Handball or whatever. Racquetball? And, yeah, racquetball. And you could see up both their shorts. That was really awkward. And it was like, oh my God, Andrew Reynolds has a heart on. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're listening to this, Andrew Reynolds. You're not. But if you are, I'm sorry. But it looked like you had a raging erection during that production. <laughs> Um, or that number on the Tony Awards. Um, and then, of course, I love Stephanie J. Block. And Tracy Toms was the um, film... What, what's Maureen's girlfriend's name? Joanne. Yes. In Rent. Joanne. Um, and Betsy Wolf was... Um, she took over in Waitress for a little while. Yes. Um, I did not get to see it. I have watched the first half. Yes. Of the filmed one. Weren't we supposed to watch it and I yeah. couldn't? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're not familiar with Falsettos, Falsettos is two one-act plays, basically. Yeah. Um, Falsetto Land and March of the Falsettos. I don't know which comes first. And anyways, um, sweating the small stuff. And it it premiered in the '80s, um, kind of as as a one-off for each mm-hmm. one act, and. People were like, huh, okay. And so a CD of both of them was released. And yeah. then it kind of has evolved over the last 25 years yeah. to become falsetto. Right, right. Um, and it recently, Pandora did it in Louisville. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got say, some I feel really... Like, I feel like falsettos is one of those very kind of... I, I feel like I hear a lot about people wanting to do it like regionally. Yeah. Not so much community, but more regionally. I think it works better for community, though. I'm regional, not saying it doesn't, but I just yeah. I don't hear it more oh, yeah, yeah. around the community theater um, kind of circles. I hear it more regionally. It has it has some really pretty songs in it. Um, it's got... Doesn't the kid have, like, an obsession with baseball? Yes. He plays baseball, and they're at the baseball game, and... Yeah. Weezer is... It's... Weezer! Uh, different show. Different show. Um... Weezer! And if I'm not mistaken, the first or second song is 
five juice sitting in a room bitching. Yeah, um, something like that. It and it's funny. It's there's some very funny moments in the show. There's some very touching moments. Yes. Um, it. I believe this one is underrated and and should oh, very I can, well yeah. be mm-hmm. more recognized. Um. So the next one on this list is Ragtime. Do I gotta? Writers Stephen Stephen Flattery and Lynn Aarons are Susical. are some of modern theater's most reliable songwriters. Their masterpiece, Ragtime, is an epic story that covers the intertwined stories of African American, upper class white Americans, and Eastern European immigrants in the early twentieth century. Yes, it's Ragtime. It's based on a book. Um, it. I can't really say anything bad about it because I've not actually seen it. Mm-hmm. There are some songs that are just gorgeous and other songs that are just... Eh. Is this another one that you hear a lot with regional theaters? No, you hear it more with, with high schools. Oh, okay. Yep. High schools yep. and yep. colleges. Yep. Yep. Um, it's got a very intense score for Anarity and Flarens. Uh-huh. Um, Flaherty and Aarons? Flaherty yeah. and Aarons? Yeah. Um, but if you are familiar with Flaherty and Aaron's, you know that all of their music is the same. If you listen to Ragtime, you will hear some Anastasia. You will hear some Susical. No, listen to Anastasia because literally in Dimitri's song, I'm listening to him like, it's Susical. Yes. Um, Straight up, the same little riff is in every. Yes. If you listen to Susical, you will hear some of Ragtime and some of it's. And m- a lot of composers do it. Yeah. Lloyd Webber. Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Calm down, Maxwell. Um, name that show, guys. Uh, it, from what I understand, is a gorgeous show. I just have no desire. That's fair. Uh, the next one is a fave fave. It's a what? It's my, it's a my favorite. It's a your favorite. It's a my favorite. Oh, which one? Bandstand. <laughs> Bandstand. Yes, we. Oh, um, oh I love this. We show haven't so talked much. about that since. Since we haven't we watched it, it yeah. on like um, like on repeat for three days straight. Yes. So if you have not listened to our episode about Bandstand, go back, find it, listen to it. That was from when we saw the, the film version in movie theaters. And then, they... well, with COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. a lot of um, companies and things. Are releasing shows for lo- for streaming online, whether it be um, YouTube or whatever. Yeah, um, and Bandstand happened to be one of them. You had to pay for it, but you got it for three days. You got it for three days, and part of the f- the rental went towards was it the Actress Fund or was it yeah the Actress Fund? Um, and I'm sure part of it also went to Gotcha Six, the Which, um, charity I, that they. Well, that's one of them. Bandstand. There, I, Bandstand did. That was that the big one, though. Yeah, and there was another one that they had mentioned. Yeah. When I watched, when I rewatched it, and I was like, "Oh, that's not the same one that I thought it was." No. Um, um. So yes, we both <laughs> rented it um, and watched it on repeat for three days. I got Rachel to rent it. You did get Rachel to rent it. I told we told um, our friend Rachel about it. And she's like, "I really want to watch it." I'm like, "I still have it," and she was she's been watching my kids for me since childcare has yeah. been closed. And so I was like, like, she came in my house at 9 o'clock. I'm like, I already got it pulled up for you. Like, here, go. And she is now just as obsessed. I would like to do kind of like a reaction episode with her. Just because yeah, that would be nice. She's not like a theater theater person. No, like but, we she, are, but she appreciates but it. But she appreciates it. She knows um, good theater when she sees it. So 
Do you want We're to read the little synopsis? Read the little synopsis. So it says, The 2017 season was exceptionally crowded on Broadway, but mostly with film adaptations. This wholly original musical about a group of World War II veterans who form a swing band along with a war widow got lost in the shuffle. Despite its nuanced treatment of issues about patriotism and veteran care, plus a top-notch jazz-slash-swing score. Um, I mean, we're not going to touch on it too much because there's a whole episode about it, guys. Yeah, go back yeah, and listen to that I because just, when it says veteran care, there's a, the, the, he doesn't even mention like the other major plot. Like, I think that's what they are hinting at. It's it's a show that's very much it deals with PTSD without calling it PTSD because yes. it wasn't called that. Yeah. after World War II, I mean, it is veteran care because they, you know, there's yeah. a lot of. Um, I mean, just go listen to the other one. There's just a lot yeah. of, like, they, you know, they feel like they're entitled to certain things, which they were, and they weren't getting those. And if I'm not mistaken, Abby does get choked up on that episode a little bit. I do. Um, I do. I do get a it's little... It's a very it, emotional show. It is. Especially if you are the spouse of uh, military or you are military yourself. Or even, even if you're not military, but yeah. you know someone that's struggling with PTSD, like, you can still relate to it. Yes. Very much so. Yes. Um, okay, so the next one... After bandstand is once on this island. Again, with the recent revival, I don't think it's as underrated as this would make it out. I, I understand that this is just basically it's played on Broadway, but not that long. The revival played for a while. Yeah, it did. It's almost a fable or a fairy tale. This story of a peasant girl falling in love with a rich boy from the lighter skin side of their tropical island. The musical was mostly forgotten until it pulled off an upset win for Best Revival at the 2018 Tony Awards. Your daughter's yelling at you. She's mad at me. Yeah. Are um, you done yet? Uh, no. No. To play something else, Paige. Uh, um, it's, I I like Once on the Island. Yeah, but like, I, I understand like with the, it did very well with the revival. It did win Best Revival. Yes. Which I knew it was going to. Yeah, you did. Um, I think we both called that. You, no, I voted for something else. You did, but I called on this one and you I was on right. I feel like with it, though, it did really well in the Tonys, and we heard a little bit more, and then we didn't really hear anything about it. No. Even though it was doing well. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it just it kind of fizzled like, out of, like... Like the Oklahoma revival just did. Yeah. Where it, it did well at the Tonys, and then you heard a little bit about it after the Tonys, and then you didn't hear anything about it, and then you were like, is it closed? And then you're like, no, it's still... A, oh, it's closing on the state. Yeah. They, yeah, you yeah. Know, whether they had announced it during that time that you weren't really hearing about it or it was originally supposed to close on this day anyways. Yeah. Um, so the next one is Anyone Can Whistle. Anyone Can Whistle. While many of Stephen Sondheim's works are popular and acclaimed, this musical about a mismatched group of anti-heroes trying to save a small town never made as big of an, in, as big of an impression. No, it did not. Um, it's... I don't know this one. I've never heard of this one. There's... A lot of music from it that... I would recognize? I don't know that you would recognize it. Um, Everybody says don't. There's always a woman. Um, Which, if I played that for you, you would be like, "Uh," because I played that a lot, a lot when we first met. Oh, really? Because I love that song. Oh, okay. Um, Which, I don't know if that was in the original or if that was just for the... City Center Encores yeah. production with Bernadette Peters. So um, what are they trying to save the town from? I don't I don't know. Oh, it's not okay. one of those that I know a lot about. Oh, okay. So um, I'm gonna I'm intrigued by that. By the description. Yeah. Anti heroes trying to save a small town. Um so the next one on the list is the Bridges of Madison County. Skip it. 
Although it won the 2014 Tony Award for Best Score and Best Orchestration, this little show only lasted a few months on Broadway. The story of an Iowa housewife's affair with a traveling photographer is emotionally rich and beautifully scored, but the other portion of the show failed to connect. What other part of the show? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've never seen the film. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't even know what it's exactly about. Um, I just know that I listened to the cast album because it was nominated for some Tony Awards. It won. Um, it won two. It won two, but nothing that mattered. Aww. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't no, be those like are, that. Those are two good you awards dick. to win, but it didn't, it wasn't received well by audiences or critics. Mm-hmm. Um, Neither did the next one. And I I can say that there are some songs that I listen to on Sirius XM that I'm like, this is a really pretty song, if only the rest of the show followed suit. Okay, fair. So the next one is a particular unfavorite. A very merry unfavorite? A very, very merry favorite. Groundhog Day. This show, guys. This show. Uh, do you need a synopsis, guys? But, you, but the thing is, the is that the synopsis makes no sense to me. Okay, let's go. Let's, because let's it says, it. with sharp, witty lyrics and, <laughs> and a pop score by Tim Minchin, this movie adaptation never found its audience on Broadway, but was critically praised for its well-crafted score and sophisticated humor. In I'm London. I'm sorry. In London, where it won the Olivier Award for Best New Musical. Which doesn't make any sense to me. London has a different taste. Truth. <laughs> I guess. I know. London has a different taste. And th- because they did their performance on the Tonys. and you Which and was I, an awful choice. It was a horrible. It was awful. I don't understand why they picked it. It was so flat and boring. And we were just like, why? Yeah. Why? It didn't say anything. It didn't say anything about the show. It except for the giant groundhog. Yeah. It didn't like, nothing about it was saying, come watch this. Yeah. This says, run away. Run away. Don't watch this. I mean, like. Run away. They, I just, meh. And, like, we've seen some of those film adaptation musicals that we were worried yeah. were going to be campy, but it worked. Yeah. The campiness of it worked. This one, this did, one not. did not. No. I I have listened to the entire cast. I album. know. I'm so sorry. I don't know why you did that to yourself. Um, I will say, as far as witty lyrics, um, in the songs, I believe, that are titled Day 1, Day 2, Day 3, or Day 1... Day one reprise, day yeah, whatever, day, whatever. However, they they number them. Um, there is some witty stuff going on in there, um, as far as the rhymes and how it is just out of nowhere. He's tripping balls, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Well, that, when you relive the same day over and over again, I guess yes. it's about to happen. But then when you did he try? Does he try to kill himself in it? Like in I the movie? Know. I don't know. That happened a few times. <laughs> but it, it, you just don't, okay. guys. Uh, so the next one is your one of your favorites, Bright Star. Bright Star. The rare, wholly original musical in the contemporary canon. It's also unusual in another way. It's the first bluegrass musical. The story follows a woman in two eras of her life as she falls in love, becomes a professional editor, and begins to unravel an unresolved tragedy from her past. Which you I, love this show. I do love this show, and I've never seen remember, a full production. Do you of remember it. when we went up to Indy? For the Edgar Allan Poe oh, show, so we bad. pull up to the theater and he goes, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" And I go, "What?" He's like, "You don't see it." And I look up, and the theater that we're going to see the Edgar Allan Poe show, the show right before that was Bright Star, and he was so fucking mad that he because did not know about it because we could have gone and seen it. I know I've never seen a full production of it. I have seen the concert version that they did after it closed. That's available on YouTube. It's not illegal, guys. It's sanctioned. 
Um, which, I mean, you, you get the full story. They're not in costume. They don't have a set. But it's you, you get the full story. You understand what's going on. Um, but what's really interesting is what they cut out of it. Uh-huh. Which you can hear on Carmen Cusack's... Cusack's? Cusack's. Um, live at 54 Below CD. Mm-hmm. Um, live at Feinstein's 54 Below. Whatever. Right. Um, it's a cut song where you find out what they did to her baby. Right. They threw him off a train. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my um, god. Oh, yeah. see now I can't watch this show. <laughs> well, you don't see it in the show. But I you they, know they I can't I can't handle that shit. I know. I can't um, do it. I can't. Okay, so the next one and I'm my computer only is 5%. So so the next one is A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. In a rare case of a Tony-winning musical being underrated, this 2014 Best Musical was never a blockbuster and remains a lesser-known title except among serious theater fans. It's a throwback farce about Monty, an impoverished young man who finds out he's related to the richest family in England and sets out to methodically and hilariously murder them all. So that he is the heir, because he's like seven in line. Yeah. Um, And the main actor in it, Jefferson Mays on Broadway... um, Plays seven different characters and changes costumes. You on know stage. I love that. I want to do that role so so. I want to see it really bad. Like um, I've heard a lot about it, and I we were see going it. to next month. Yeah, <sighs> I know. In indie, I know. But anyways, um, it won Tony Award for best musical. Um, it played for like two years, mm-hmm. so it was more successful than that made it out to be. Yeah. Um, and it it's. I think it's because we haven't really heard anything since. No, you haven't. That's why um, it's underrated. It's because it did very well, and it's just. Sorry. I do recommend listening to it. Um, Paige just answered it. It was my husband. <laughs> oh. Um, I do recommend listening to it. Um, it's got some really funny moments. It's got some very serious moments. Let's move on because your computer's dying. Grey Gardens. <sighs> While many entries on this list are fictional stories, Grey Gardens is based on a documentary about a reclusive mother and daughter. The internal nature of the storytelling kept it from being a hit, but the music is still widely praised. Yes. It's, uh, mm, uh, go through them, and then I'll go back and talk about Okay, so the next one is Dogfight. Fuck Dogfight. You Sorry. want to say it a little louder? Fuck Dogfight. Uh, songwriters Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, love them, Yes. hit it big with the films La La Land and The Greatest Showman and the Broadway hit Dear Evan Hansen. Before that, though, they were young songwriters with a sparse, emotionally explosive style in this off-Broadway musical about a young soldier headed off to Vietnam and the girl he falls for after tricking her into coming to a party with a cruel twist. Whichever man brings the ugliest girl wins the evening. A dogfight. She's all that. Yeah. That's that's yep. that movie. Yeah. So there you go. There's the yep. synopsis right there yep, for yep. you. Uh, the next one is A New Brain. No idea what that is. Uh, a popu- popular among young musical theater students, Lies. But unknown outside those circles, again, Lies, this William Finn musical is a quirky artistic musical about a young songwriter going through brain surgery and the odd people who populate his life and his hallucinations. I feel so much spring around me. Jump, frog, jump. What? <laughs> That's one song. <laughs> uh, the next one, again, one of your favorites, Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> Jonathan Larson, composer of the generation-defining musical Rent, is one of the great what-ifs in theater history. He died suddenly before the show's opening night and before writing any more works. He did, however, leave behind his earlier exper- experimental work, a quasi-autobiographical story, autobiographical... Biographical. Thank you. A story about an apprising composer. Aspiring? Uh, sure, that one. <laughs> I'm trying to go through this fast. 
Uh, and then the last one is Fiorello. Anyone who's passed through LaGuardia Airport in New York City knows the subject of this Pulitzer-winning 1959 musical. Lies. Even if they don't know it. Fiorello LaGuardia, an early 20th century mayor of New York, made for an intriguing topic for a musical and won a slew of awards, but it's never quite entered the popular imagination enough to make it a household name. Truth. Fiorello. Uh, um, I've heard it. I've listened to it. Um, It's not one of those that I can speak too much on. Again, did not even know that it was about the guy that LaGuardia Airport's named after. So that's a lie. Um, My husband flew out of LaGuardia. Yes, he did. That's usually where I fly into and out of yeah. uh, when I go to New York. Um, I believe Tom Bosley was in it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the sheriff from... So you uh, want to go back to Grey Gardens? I'm, I'm going to oh. go backwards. Okay. Um, tick, tick, boom. Uh, I've talked about it. You still want me to learn that song, and I can't. I do. I mean, like, um, I love a good pitter-patter. Yes. We've talked about this. But, but that's so fast. It's so fast. It is so fast. It's so fast, and I'm like, and I've tried like with the lyrics, and I'm still like, nah, 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 nah. it's like gonna take me a while there, to get it. If there was a track that was just the female line and just the male line, I think you would be able yeah, to learn it. Yeah, it's because it's both on but there that I'm just like, yeah. oh! um, it stresses me out, guys. It's being made into a Netflix film. Um, Lynn Manuel Miranda is directing it. Um, yes, it is. When I don't, Andrew Garfield is playing the um, Jonathan Larson role. Uh huh. Um, Have they told us when that's supposed to be? It was supposed to be the fall, but I think that one's been pushed back yeah. because it wasn't too very far into. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, most of its principal photography has finished. Um, they've just cast a couple more people for some other Smaller um, scenes. Things. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we'll see it in 2020. I think it'll be early 2021. 2021. Fair. Um, but the prom, while we're talking about Netflix film, is on track for a holiday release. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, and it's the full show, all the songs, plus one new one. Really? It's not <gasps> like another uh, other movie musicals where they've cut songs and they've oh, changed Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, anyways, so before Chicken Boom, whoops, A New Brain. Yes. Um, I know absolutely nothing about this show. It sounds weird. I know it's about a somebody who's sick. Um it's a songwriter who had brain surgery and is Jonathan, apparently suffering from hallucinations. Yes, Jonathan Groff did it um, and did, did pretty well. Got a cast recording. Really? Um, it and just, like I, it sounds like I said, very one the, strange. One of the songs, I feel so much spring around me, jump, frog, jump. And they're like, no, no, this is <laughs> no. And then he slows it down and it's a somewhat prettier song. I feel so much spring around me, jump, frog, jump. And I don't know the rest of the words, too, actually. It sounds very strange. Um, somebody just did it in town. Really? Within the last three years. Oh, God. I, I don't remember who. But, um, Ow. Sorry. I, I really need to sit down and give that one a listen to be able to judge it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I just haven't taken the time to. Um, but I do know a lot of theater people that are familiar with it. Um, I've never heard of it. Yeah. And then Grey Gardens. God, I'm so uneducated. Grey Gardens. I... You, you skipped was, a few. What did I skip? Dogfight. Oh, fucking dogfight. Well, I mean, we said it. If you've seen She's All That with Freddie Prince Jr., you get the plot. Derek Klenna, Dimitri. Yeah. Um, was the soldier in the original production. That makes sense. Um, that makes sense. And Lindsay Mendez that won the Tony Award for yeah. the Supporting in Carousel. Yeah. Um, that one I called, guys. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um... 
she played the ugly girl. Aww. Um, and she, I, I say that because that's the premise of the show. Not I know. She is a very pretty girl. Yes, she is. Um, so I've listened to it, and I saw a production of it a couple years ago in town. I just, I can't get behind it. I just, it's not my cup of tea. Oh, fair. Um, I mean, I have a, I have a few of those. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, that's like with me with Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. I can, I can say that the music is beautiful and that if you are into that kind of stuff, it is the show for you. Um, yeah. It's just not for me. Same with Godspell. Not for me. Not for me, guys. Free. I will kick you where you stand. Oh, sit. Um, <laughs> protect the boys. Protect the boys. You already um, hurt your nads earlier. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, so then that, then Grey Gardens. I was so excited because a local company was going to do it in April. Um, and my friend Carrie Ketterman was going to play Little Edie. Aww. And have I showed you her videos of doing... Have you seen Grey Gardens? No. <gasps> I have the Drew Barrymore um, film version. Okay. Um, where it's, it's basically... Should I be worried? I liked it because it was more so... It wasn't a remake of the documentary from the Okay, 70s. well, give me give me more of like what the premise, because so, I don't know anything about it. Edie and little Edie Bouvier are Jackie Onassis's cousins. Okay. Um, and they live in a rundown mansion in the Hamptons. Okay. Um, and with like 50-something cats, no running water, no electricity. Ew. Um, the place is just a mess. They're hoarders. Um... And they're, they're, but they're still very much in the mindset that they're the socialites that they were when they were younger. Okay. Um, and in the stage show, Christine Ebersole played Little Edie um, in the pres- quote unquote present day scenes. Okay. But she played her mom in the flashback scenes. Okay, so I'm I'm confused now. So so they Edie flashback. and Little Edie. So yeah. are they the same person? No, okay. Little Edie is the daughter. Okay. Edie is the mom. Okay, um, and is played by an older actress in the quote unquote present day. She's base, basically bed ridden. Okay, bleh, bleh, um, bleh. But in the stage show, they flash back to the younger days. Okay, and so and so in those flashbacks, whoever plays the older yeah, Little Edie is th- the that plays the younger who plays Little Edie, right? But the, older because it's present day. Yeah, is the mom is in the, the mom. Okay. In the yeah. Okay. Um, okay. The music, yes, is wonderful, and you know, I know I've played the song, the revolutionary costume for today. The Possibly. best kind of clothes for a protest poses. Yes. 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 Yep. 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 Um, it's very smartly written. I've not seen it, so I can't say anything to the book of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I have seen through clips and through Tony performances, it should have done better than it did. Really? Do you um, think it's just the, like, the time slot? I Do you think, think it was the premise of the show, like, for when it came out? I think everybody was so... Because the original documentary is a cult classic. Okay. Um, and I think those people went and saw it with the anticipation of it just being basically a musicalized remake of... The documentary, and it wasn't. Okay. Um, and I also think, because I believe it was 2008. Okay. That it came out. Or 2007. I'm not sure. Um, I, I think 
it was one of those that didn't fare well because of other shows in the season. Fair. That um, tends to happen sometimes. But yeah, it was supposed to be done here <laughs> last month. And of course, with COVID, it right. got canceled. Um, hopefully they are going to redo it when everything reopens. Yeah, hopefully. Um, because it's it's a show I've wanted to see for a while. And it's available on YouTube. I am loathe to suggest a bootleg. Um just because I don't know the quality of it. If it was a good one, I would totally praise it. But um, We don't support it, though. We don't support it. But if you are interested, it's out there. It's, you know. Um, Do you think it's something that I would enjoy? I think you would enjoy it. Okay. I I would love to show you the movie with um, Drew Barrymore okay. as the leady. Okay. And then show you the original documentary. Okay. Just so you can see how close the two are because it's scary at points. Really? Where I'm like, I forget that it's Drew Barrymore. Oh, really? Like she's like a, what's it called? Like a reincarnation? No, like where the actor, the... Um, method? Yes, very method. It, it's, I, I just, I watch it and I'm like... There are points where I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I think the stage show came from that film because in that film there are flashbacks to uh-huh. their younger days and all that. Um, Ray Gardens is just interesting because of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Because they are the cousins of Jackie O. Right. And they're living in this disgusting place in the Hamptons. And, you know, you, you would think in the Hamptons there's nothing disgusting. Right. Except this place was. And in the original documentary, you can see just from the first shot of the house, you're like, oh. Oh, no. For us, it's, oh, that place is haunted. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally, <laughs> we do that all the time. My husband uh, sent me a picture of, like, this, like, church in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And he sent it to me because he thought it was pretty. Mm-hmm. And he sent it to me, and I, I texted him back, and I go, oh, it, he, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, that's beautiful. Definitely haunted, but very beautiful. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think the house is still standing. Um, if it is, it's been completely remodeled and cleaned up. Right. Um, I would hope so. But if it was still standing and it was still in some disrepair, I would love to go see it. Yeah. Um, just because what you do see of it in the in the documentary, mm-hmm. you kind of are like, I want to see this house in real life. I want to. Oh, this is because some of the rooms are small. Some of the rooms are large, and it just doesn't make sense for a Hamptons mansion. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, I want to know more history about the house then. Yeah. It's, it's, I think, especially if you knew the source material, if you watched both the original documentary and the movie, um, I think you would, you'd be like, okay, now I need to see the musical. So that covers everything on that list. Um, and then the show I want to add to that. I have one I want to add. Which one do you want to add? Drowsy Chaperone. So totally underrated. It's so underrated. It has a wonderful life in community and regional theater. It though. does. It does. It does. Um, but I still think, it, but a lot of people still don't know about it. Like we yeah. did our episode on this podcast yes. about it. So listen to that to find out more. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a very underrated show. I think it's, I think it does have a good life on, like we said, the community yeah. and regional stages. But even, even still though, there's still a lot of people 
especially new generation yeah. of actors that don't know anything about it. And yeah. it makes me sad because it's such a good culmination. As soon as, as soon as this younger generation gets into it and they're like, ooh, Sutton Foster, because regardless of who you are. Beth Level. And Beth Level. But, I mean, Sutton Foster for younger actors is someone to look up to. And it's, you know, she's introduced through Shrek and through um, Little Women. Yeah. And what else did she do? Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yeah. Um, she's introduced through all these things. You know, Beth Level, not so much. I hate to say it. Yeah, but still, um, I love her. I love her. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like it It makes it, it makes me sad because it is such a good culmination of all these different things that make musical theater what it is. Yes. You know, like, it ha- and it's your life. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, the, the style of the music and the way it's portrayed in the show within the show and... The way you can use the set, you yes. know, and, and the techniques that they use, just from the actors and the singing alone. Yeah. Some of that stuff is very difficult. Yeah. And they execute it perfectly. Yes. And it, so, it just, I, I, I wish younger actors knew, knew about it more. Yeah. Like, they They're, know Hamilton, you know, like, the, you know what I mean? Like, or the Lion King or Phantom Let's of the Opera. Let's talk overrated. Yeah, but, but, you know, but those and big musicals. And yeah. not, or not even overrated. Like Newsies. Like they know yeah. Newsies. Yeah. But they don't know Drowsy Chaperone. and The Drowsy Chaperone. Let me refer the to The Drowsy Chaperone. And it, and it makes me sad because it also has a lot of those different. It has all these different roles that can yes. fit so many different people. It You know. So, yeah. But that's mine. I'm sure more will probably pop in my head. But. Oh, so many will. And I, I'm sure we'll come back at a later date and, and do another one of these. See if I can find with, a new, another yeah. list. Um, so the show I want to add, um, because it is very underrated, mm-hmm. is Merrily We Roll Along. Yes. Um, and I'm sure there are people out there that are like, huh? What's that? What, what is that? Um, I love that song. Where'd you get that? My yipstick? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, we've been obsessing over TikTok lately. I saw um, I birthed Kesha from my front <laughs> butt. <laughs> from the Homie Depot. Uh, <laughs> so, Merrily We Roll Along is a Sondheim show. Um, Isn't that where that one song's from that I really like? Not a Day Goes By? That one and Marry Me a Little? No, that's from Company. Oh, that's right. I love that one. Um, Merrily We Roll Along... What got audiences about that one is that it's told in reverse chronological order. Last five years. That's told. I know, but it's the same. Yeah, but that one's, people could get behind that because it was like completely different. Like just telling the story from backwards to forward or from like. In to beginning? Yeah. Okay. Um, It's the story of three friends. Um, which you find out at the very end of the show that they meet on their rooftop waiting for either, I think it's Haley's Comet to pass by. Uh-huh. Um, and they're all, um, living in the same apartment building and, and they happen to be on the roof together and it, it goes through their story from the end. So you see a lot of turmoil and arguments and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And you're like, well, how did we get here? Well. If you wait a couple of scenes, we'll get we'll get to what brought them there. Right. Um, but it's you see the de-escalation to the escalation. Like it's it's you know from where they're not friends to where they are friends, and it's 
The music is absolutely gorgeous. It is really good. I love Not a Day um, Goes By. And some of the songs are just fun. And then there's there's a song from it that um, people will know from popular music from the time period. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Sinatra covered um, Good Thing Going. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sing it for you off the top What's of my head. What's the one song? It's it's a woman singing to her husband. And it's like she's talking about, she talks about like the dinners with his, with these the dinners and the pills and the, the <laughs> leave you yes leave you. that song Could that song I leave you that song what's that song from uh follies thank you um sorry i'm t- now i'm thinking about like these show like these songs that i another really- underrated we'll come back we'll put that one on a different list last five years um, yeah last five years is totally under but anyways so merrily roll along if you have a chance if it's ever playing around you leave you Go see How it. could I leave Go you? see Merrily Roll Along. I wish because several years ago, I believe it was 2012, Minaire's Chocolate Factory in London did a production of it and they showed it in movie theaters. Oh, really? I want it on Broadway HQ <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it was an amazing production. They never released a cast album. Mm-hmm. And I'm mad about that. I know. But... There is a cast album of the um, City Center Encores, and it totally could not be City Center Encores. It could be one of those other, like, just small where they do, like, a two-week run um, thing with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh Uh-huh. And, oh, shit, who plays? (laughs) Celia Keenan-Bolger plays the girl. Okay. Um, Oh, my God. Who plays the other guy? Who plays the lead guy? Because Lin-Manuel Miranda plays the friend. Uh-huh. I can't remember who plays Franklin. Shit. Frank. Frank. I can't remember. Do you still love me? Do you still? Not a day goes by. Um, Not a single day. So, yeah, that that one was, was one that... I guess we should have just started making another list. We're only at an hour and five. That's why I'm like, ah, oh, who cares? Who cares? I mean, Follies. There's... Follies. Just, just, I'm going to briefly touch on Follies, um, because Ron, you're still an asshole from <laughs> calling me from backstage. Uh, my friend Ron went and saw it when the most recent revival happened, and he went with um, a friend of his who's really, really tall, um, and the people sitting behind them complained. So they just decided to go watch it from backstage because his friend was in the, in the know. Um, asshole. <laughs> and then called anyway, me. Anyway, and they called me. Well, and. Uh, now you know how it feels, jackass. Yeah. Yeah, but she didn't know who I was. <laughs> Anyways, that's a story for a different day. Um, it's about a theater that hosted a Follies, you know. Type show. Type show. Um, And it's closing. It's going to be torn down. So all of the people from when it was at its peak, Mm -hmm. older versions of them come back to kind of give it a a big old send off. Right. And um, there's a lot of gorgeous music in it. There's a lot of fun music in it. Yeah. Listen to the rain on the roof. Go pip, pity, pat, pip, pity, pat. Anyways. um, Didn't the clip that you showed me for Leave You, wasn't that Carol Burnett? That wasn't from that show. No, but she yeah, sang she the sang song. Yeah, yeah no. She? Yeah. Didn't she? Yes. Yeah. Now I want to go find that clip. <laughs> I, 
am like blanking on that clip. Donna Murphy sang it in the um Cuz they 80th. did like a they did like a concert thing. Cuz it was like Carol Burnett and uh um what? George Hearn and John John Barrowman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's in putting it together. Yes. Okay, now I remember. Okay. Now I, remember. I got I got them there, guys. Yes. I no touching involved. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, most of the time, just the words do it. Uh, um, Candle wax. <laughs> there is there is a DVD of a concert version from the eighties with Carol Burnett and a whole slew of stars. Yeah, it's not the full show. No, it's not. It's there. You see a lot of the backstage. Um, Isn't that also the same one where? John Berman's pants almost fall no, down. No, the one I'm talking about is like an actual concert version of Follies. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, putting it together, yes, is the one. Okay. I'm about. <laughs> um, no, does his pants fall? No, his pants split. Carol Burnett's <laughs> yes. skirt falls. Yes, um, yes, 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 yes. That's another underrated show, but it's a review. It's not a full. Yeah. Um, but Follies, the DVD version, um, it's songs. It's a lot of backstage stuff. Um, but it gives you a pretty good sense of the show. Yeah. Um, and it's got huge star power. Like I said, Carol Burnett's in it, and I can't remember who else. Um, but check that out if you have a chance. Um, last five years. I The movie's on Netflix. The movie's on Netflix. It's now on Broadway HD as well. Jeremy Jordan's in the movie, and so is Anna Kendrick. Yeah, now like you know why I watched Jordan. it. Um... But that I, was kind of in the same sense of Marilyn Rule Long because it's like it starts at the end of the relationship for her for the wife yeah but it's at the beginning of the relationship for, for him the, for him so and they're so, told on different timelines so you see like but they intersect at the middle right where they where he no not where he proposes is that where it intersects where he gets his book deal that's right where yeah. he gets the book deal so you see like. Like, merrily we roll along for the wife, where it starts at the end, and you see it, like, in the reverse order to where yeah. they meet. And then with the husband, you see it from the beginning and how it, like, falls apart. Yeah. The stage show is just two people. Yeah, it's just um, the two people. Abby and I will eventually get there, guys. We will do the show. Hey! Um, it's... That makes it super interesting. It yes, has, a lot of people can't follow it. Yeah, it can be very confusing. Um, uh, if you watch the film version, it's easier to follow because of location, locations, and costumes, other people yeah. in there and things like that. Um, so, but it can be very confusing because yeah. you you know you're like, why is he so happy? But she, but didn't he just leave? And it's you know all this stuff, yeah. and it's kind of like one of these things because you watch it, and because you're watching it in the reverse order, I like how I have to do an X with my fingers, the crossed order, yeah, the crossed order, you almost can't decide. Who's at fault for what? So you you fault him. Are you watching the same show I am? Because it's totally his fault. Because he cheated. Because he cheated. But you also and he was also getting distant because of becoming famous. Yes, but not just for that. She's also distancing herself from him because her career is in the tank. Yes, she she's an actress and she can't get any leads. And so she starts dissing herself from him because he's becoming more successful. She yeah. is not. And so in that sense. But if you, if you really pay attention to it, like she is supporting him. As much as she can. To the best of her ability. Um, but he's still, the wandering eye is there. The, the you know. But she's also like 
stay like you know when he's like I'm I'm working on my writing and she's like oh well I'm just gonna like but at the same time though you know and again this is like at that intersecting yeah. kind of time frame he's trying to you know be there for her and all the stuff and you know like do you want me to come visit you because she did like the like these summer summer stock. summer stock things I'll come visit and she's like no you don't you know don't do that and you know kind of thing like yeah. she doesn't want him to come there either because she's embarrassed yeah. And so, she, you know, at, at, but then as the show goes on, you see he's like, he kind of hits a wall where he's like, well, I'm not getting any from here. I'm going to do this instead. Yeah. I'm getting attention from this person. Yeah. And he leaves her. And so that, yes, he is the asshole. But emotionally, you kind of, you know what I'm saying? But you cannot It's also a great... That that opening number, you're just like, what the fuck I, happened? I love, I love I'm that opening number. Because you don't see that very often in musicals. No. You don't see that. Where it starts with a A very somber ballad. ballad. I love that song. But also, I think it's a very interesting show and in why I'm sad that it's a little underrated. Because it shows a more emotional level. Than just like yeah. of both of, of a man and of a woman. Yeah. And I think doing it in that, you know, you start at two different points in the relationship for both of them, you see it better. Yeah. Because you see the emotional turmoil with her and you kind of see it with him, and then you see how that emotion translates into him fucking someone else. In in the film, I again, I haven't seen the stage show. I haven't either. I've just um, seen the film. In the film it, they put him more at fault than yes. I think the stage show does. Yes, because if because the music's the same, it's, it's they exactly. haven't changed. But the very fact much. that they like they do like the one song that he sings where he's literally in bed with the other woman, yeah. like that that is like in your face. Yeah. Um. But. But it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely one of those shows where it's like, you have to be ready to pay attention. Yes. You have to understand what's going on. Yes. Um, from what I understand when, from, from what I understand, because it was done a few years ago, uh, yeah. I think yeah. either Center Stage or Pandora did it. Um, well, it kind of like had like an uplift after yeah. the movie, like people yeah. kind of were doing it and then it kind of fizzled out again. Um, or acting, I think it's cancer did it. Um, anyways, um. The director's got to put a note in the program to be like, this is this is what you have to expect. This yeah. This is what you have to, Because you know. people are going to be real confused if yeah. they don't know anything about it. Because they got to have an understanding of what's going to happen. Yeah. When it, when it starts with, I'm still hurting, and... And I think that's one of the reasons why it is underrated, I, or at least not done very often. Yeah. Because it can be very confusing. Yes. And it's going to be very emotional, because it's... It touches on some real-life stuff. And yeah, it's very like, much so. Very if much you've so. been through that in your life, you're like, fuck this. Because it's like they deal with, you know, the cheating and the emotional distancing and feeling inferior to one another, yeah. and, but still trying to support each other. Yeah. But it also kind of touches on, like, because, like I said, I've, I've only watched the movie. I got the sense that it, it it's kind of hard to follow exactly the timeline of how long the relationship was before they got married. Five years. The The whole thing is five years. I know, but them dating to getting married. In the film, it feels like... A year? Less than that. Yeah, like less Less than a year. Less than a year. But you can tell, like, he's gung-ho, like, let's get married, and she's a little more hesitant. Yeah. But she agrees, and they get married. So then that kind of touches on it, too, like, commitment 
kind of stuff. And that's the thing, too. Because she is that, seems like very much, like that character yeah. uh, seems like she has some commitment issues, whether it be with boyfriends or life choices or yeah. whatever. Um, that, that you know, in within the title, fucking fiancé. Let's buy a school bus, convert it, and travel the country. She's on TikTok. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to dignify that with the response. She's going to uh, keep sending you shit. I know she is. Anyways, um, I mean, you get you get the the length of the story in the title. Five yes, years. it's it five, is years. five years. I meant more of them just dating. I yeah. didn't mean the actual. In the film, it does feel like it's less than a year. It's, but you also see it from both points of view because you see it from his point of view at the beginning of the show and her point of view at the end. Right. And it's from her point of view that I'm like, oh, this was like a less than a year type of thing before they decided to get married. From his point of view, it feels a little bit longer. Right. Um, Not too much because it's an hour and 45 minute show. Right. (laughs) But um, I do recommend that film. Um, Uh, Yeah. Did I tell you who gave me that film on DVD? Who? Or on Blu-ray? Who? Who? AJ's dad. Oh my god! For um, teacher appreciation week. Of course he did. Two months early. I'm sure he pictured you both in the role together. <laughs> two months early. He gave me that in Pitch Perfect too. On Blue well, because he did he know you liked Anna Kendrick? Because that's probably no. He knew I liked musicals. Oh, okay. Um, because um, I was in Mary Poppins with his cousin. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Never again. I will never go there again. Um. I, I have another one that kind of popped in my head, and I just want to touch on it briefly because we're going to talk about it on the other one. Okay. Bonnie and Clyde. <gasps> just briefly. I mean, if we're going to go there, first date too. Um, oh my anyways. God, yes. <laughs> Both very underrated. But we're going to talk about it on the next one on this other list that I found um, of. I, I would rather talk about Bonnie and Clyde on this one because it's getting, it's hopefully going to get that London. Yeah. Revival when yeah. everything reopens. Yeah. So it's not going to be as forgotten as first day is. Yeah. Um, so I'd rather talk about Bonnie and Clyde on this one and a little bit. First a little bit. for the other one. Um, Just a little bit. Oh, Bonnie and Clyde. I start thinking about I'm going to smack you. Stop it. In a minute. Stop it. <laughs> I hope you bruise. Um, I hope you like being late to work. Why? Oh. <laughs> be an ass and see what time I show up in the morning. Um, what's that time for here? 7.15? Yes. Oh, fuck it. Anyway, Bonnie and Clyde. Um, if you can't tell by the title, it's about Bonnie and Clyde. Who are Bonnie and Clyde, you say? Um, probably the most notorious couple in crime Gangster, history. thieves, robbers. Um, in the history. In the history. It premiered on Broadway in 2011. It did. The story is somewhere in one of our previous episodes. I'm not going to go into. We, no, we didn't do one just on Bonnie and Clyde yet. No, we haven't. But I told the story about when it came out and my buying the CD and after oh, it closed. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You were not going to go see it. But uh, the when it opened, it starred Jeremy Jordan and Laura Ostness. And Melissa Vanderschliff and Claiborne Elder. Yes. Um, and it's just a fictional telling of Bonnie and Clyde's life. The music is amazing. It's a good mashup of genres. Yes. There's a little Broadway. There's a little country. There's a little um, 
gospel. A little swing. A little swing. It's really good. I love I love the music so much. Yes. Um, and I say it's a fictional telling because... The, they didn't sing in real life. They didn't, well, yeah, they didn't sing in real life. But also, it, you know, there are some... They didn't meet on the side of the road. Well, no one knows how they met, really. They met at a party. Yeah, but not... But no one really knows. Yes, they do. Shut up. Stop. We're not doing that right now. Um, they didn't meet on the side of the road. I'm going to kick you again. And the way the show ends, spoilers, they, they talk about going to see their folks. And that's kind of the lead into when they... The shootout where they died. The ambush. Died. The yeah. ambush where they died. Which you see at the beginning. But that's not awesome. the truth It because there's other members of the gang that are not in the show. Yeah. That were in real life. And it was one of these members that they were taking to see his family and they were on their way back. Um, and that's when the ambush happened. Yep. Um, so it's, and it's beautifully done. Ugh. Beautifully done. And they also... And I don't know if it, because uh, I can't get through this actual stage production. I've just seen the one at Derby Dinner. Did they use the projections in that one too? Yeah. And they're not distracting at all. No. Um, it's more to let you know kind of like the year. Yeah. Uh, it, it, with, and because um, Floyd Central used a few of them. They didn't use all yeah. of them. Um, but yes, the Broadway production utilized the newspaper headlines and everything yeah. to tell you the time you know what's going on in the yeah. year and things like um, that um they did very well it's very much just little vignettes it's not yeah. like a full set no, no, no. um and the the book of it and the music the orchestra everything about it was so great but its downfall was the time slot that it came out in let's open on december 1st guys let's it, open a show about gangsters who die Right before Christmas. And that's how the show opens. The show opens with the ambush. Yes. Uh, with a whole shootout and them covered in blood. Yes, uh, in the car. Um, in the car and everything. Not in the right position. Anyways. No. Um. <laughs> um, but, but you still get a sense of these who these people, people were. were. Yeah. I mean, even if it was a fictional telling, you still get a very good idea. And not just Bonnie and Clyde. With, with um, Blanche. Buck and, and Blanche. Bu- and Buck and all that. And... Um, they do uh, create a love triangle that didn't exist in real life. This is, oh. I mean, he knew her, but not the way the show says. He knew her, and but she didn't know him like she he knew her. Right, right. Because he knew her because he was law enforcement. Right. Um, and he did, because he had a couple of interactions with her, mm-hmm. he did have what we today would call a thang for her. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't a full-on love triangle. No, where... but he, she didn't know him. No. Um, um, and, you know, you, you, I, I just, I can't, I don't even know how to put it into words. I just love this show so much, and it makes... If I, you have not listened to Bonnie I, and Clyde... Please do. Give it, give it a chance. And we will sit down here within the next month and do a full rundown of the show, and... <sighs> Um, if I can get through it, that show, it makes, you it, have to, because you remember more of the details than I do. I know. Um, that it's an emotional show for me. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. It, it, it does. It's very emotional for me. Um, um I mean, we both walked out of the, our first time seeing it at Derby dinner. Um, crying, just crying. And, and it was really awkward. Cause didn't we see it with two other people? Yeah. Cindy and Kathy. Yeah. And I didn't want to cry in front of them. So yeah, it, it was, was like, like we were like halfway to the car and we're both like, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you too? And she's like, yeah. I was like, we got to talk in the car. And we got in the car. And didn't we go sit in Clarksville's parking lot for like an hour? Yeah. Yeah. We also did that um, after Peter Pan. But that was true. that was for a different reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, that show, it, I feel like if it had a different time slot, and we've talked about this, if it opened uh-huh. in a different time slot, I think it would have done much better. And I feel like it would have been more well-known. Well-received. Um, and well-known. Yeah. If it would have opened in that... Like three weeks before Tony cutoffs time slot, even if like five other seven other shows opened during that time, yeah, I think it would have been much better received. It would have been nominated for more than just one or two awards, yeah. Um, because she was nominated because he was nominated for Newsies, yeah, yeah, she was nominated, but he was not. Um, I just it's hard to put into words. It is very hard to put because, because it's one of those things. Like if you haven't seen it, you don't understand because it it's emotionally impactful. Even yeah. though it's, you know, these people's lives, and yeah. you know, people have, know who Bonnie and Clyde are. Um, but this really gives you kind of that background of of some of the issues that they had and um, the people that they really were and and things like that. They use um, like I don't think a lot of people know like Bonnie was a poet. Yeah, she wrote her own poetry, and they use those in the show. Um, and how Clyde had a, a kind of a, well, an anger issue. He had an anger but issue. But he had, and, but he, I mean, after a certain point, he had a reason for those anger issues. Not in real life. No, not in real life. I'm not talking about the life. show. I'm talking in about the, the show. show, he it, had a little trouble with certain things. Yes, he did. Very much so. He was impotent. Just a little bit. They cut that show, that song out though. Yeah, there, if you get the the cast album, I told them to shut up. <laughs> in the cast album, I bought it, and there was a bonus track of this song, and it's a beautiful song. It is, but it's all about how he can't get it up. Yeah, this is true. And how he's like, this never happened before. Lies, and <laughs> and she's like, no, baby, it's fine. Like you know. Just and for those of you who are like, well, how do you all know? We've researched Bonnie and Clyde. We have. Um, I have one Blanche's of, book. One of the other gang members who traveled with them quite extensively um, has been interviewed and talks about how he awkwardly would have to sit in the back of the car while they were up front doing it. Which I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, like, get the fuck out. Oh, wait. They were two-door cars. Yes. <laughs> you would have been like, sorry, I'm going to push the seat up just a bit. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I hope I don't pinch anything. Okay. Yeah. Like, no. um, I mean, it was, I mean, you do get the sense when you see the show how whirlwind their their oh, relationship Lord was. Almighty. I mean, it was in the show. They meet on the side of the road and then they went and fucked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> They tried. They tried. Well, she's in her underwear, and he's getting. They try to fuck. It's yeah, but you don't get that until you listen to the bonus track. Because I'm pretty sure that 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 song was supposed to come between there around there. Yeah, but uh, but you um, don't get that in the show. They decided to cut the empathy, the blah, blah 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 out for good for good reason. It yes. it flows much better without, without it. it. Um, um, so it's literally they meet on the side of the road. He does his song. They cut to another scene. They cut back. In this town, living, dying, not forgotten. And it doesn't Um, seem to scare him. They cut to a scene. They come back, and they're in their underwear. Yeah. Um, There's also a scene where he is, quote, unquote, naked in the bathtub. Wish I could make it to that point in the actual stage show, and I can't. It goes dark before you see anything. 
Except for when we saw it at Derby Dinner. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't go dark, and you... Oh, he's wearing box briefs that are tan. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're... Selfie! Um, at one point... And what I like, too, is you also get this... You know, like, with Bonnie, like, what kind of woman she was. Because at one point, he hits her, and yep. she was like, I ain't fucking dealing with this. I'm out. Like, I am done. Bye. And he came crawling back. Yep. So, um, we're almost at an hour and a half. We're almost at an hour and a half. So, those are a few underrated musicals. We um, added some, obviously. We did add some. We probably there will probably be another more. list of underrated musicals later down the line next year or something. Um, you never know what might happen. Yeah, so we... Like I said, we will sit down, like, in the next month or so and do a full body and Clyde episode. Yes. Just because it is an underrated musical. It's supposed to have this West End um, revival. And it's Um, it's not really a revival because it hasn't played the West End. Like, next to Bandstand, Bonnie and Clyde is one that's very, very close to both of us. So. Um, So. Like, those top two are, like, it's hard to pick between the two of them for, for us. So, I mean, as far as what we're recording coming up is Bonnie and Clyde and Forgotten Musicals. Yes. Um, what we have on the back burner is the audition advice part two for the director, Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, Beetlejuice. Well, the the, the COVID yeah. episode. Is that it? I think that's it. I think, I, I think there's another one. No, because I went ahead and put Drowsy in before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you already posted Drowsy. So we, we have a couple. We're, we're going to get back on this more routinely um, as the weather hopefully starts to warm up. It's May 6th and it's 47 degrees outside. Um, I'm cold. When it's normally... My hip's starting to hurt from like the cold. Like 65 degrees. I'm old, guys. My hip's starting to hurt from the cold. She's going to be 30 in like two and a half weeks. I am! <laughs> I've reminded Zach every single day this week that he's going to be 30 <laughs> in X number of days. 30 in X number of days. Aww. Today I'm like, you're going to be 30 in two days. Two days. Be he's like, fuck you for reminding Aww. me of that. Be nice. <laughs> so, with all that being said, I hope you guys are still with us. Um, just because of the lack of, of episodes. But we are going to get back into it. You're going to start getting episodes at least bi-weekly. Hopefully more. Um but again, we do have that other podcast, Ghost and Shit. Sorry, Mom. Um, check that out, too, if you just miss us and you want to hear us talk some more about a different topic. Yeah. Um, so, again, all that being said, I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. And we'll see you next time. Bye. I'm cold. <laughs>